Hey, it's Gaz here for episodes like Gaz on the Go, Getting There with Gaz and Levac and Gaz. Just here to remind you about our good friends over at Tech East Fire and Water Restoration. Your best way back to normal this summer is tefireandwater.com. That's their website. If your house has water damage, fire damage, mold damage, you're not quite sure what to do or who to call, call the people that you can trust. Local business here, Tech East Fire and Water Restoration. A big sponsor for all Gazilla Media podcasts. If you enjoy the podcast you're listening to right now, you want to support those people that make it happen. And that's Techies Fire and Water Restoration. Follow them on Facebook today, facebook.com slash tefirewater. And again, their website, tefirewater.com. Mold damage, fire damage. People, you need that help. Those people just come help you. That's Techies Fire and Water Restoration. Don't forget, Levac and Gaz continues on this summer thanks to Techies Fire and Water Restoration. We are back Saturday, July 17th, if you are an Albany Empire fan, maybe you're a fan of the Albany Firebirds back in the day, even back to the Times Union Center, come out. 3.30 to 5, we'll be broadcasting live outside the Times Union Center, getting ready for the game. Also available on YouTube.com slash Godzilla Media, where you can find all the Godzilla Media podcasts as well. So thanks to Techies Fire and Water Restoration, Levac and Gaz back this weekend, and make sure to support Techies Fire and Water Restoration. Write down that info in case you have any problems this summer. Now, Back to this Godzilla Media sponsored podcast. And welcome to Sports with a Z and a T podcast. I'm Bryce Linsky alongside Taylor Lattimore. We are presented by Godzilla Media, sponsored by Mohawk Honda, Saving Face Barbershop up in Saratoga Springs, and Tech East Fire and Water Restoration, as Gaz has Ooh. done in the intro and introduced last week as well. Uh, very exciting news coming down the pipeline. We have the NBA Finals to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about the Team USA basketball team that's not doing so great. We'll talk about Shohei Otani and his performance during the All-Star Week, how he won the weekend. I can, I'll can i say weekend or I'll say week because it's technically the week. Shohei Otani captured all the headlines, even though he didn't even win the home run derby. We'll talk about that. We have NFL lists on lists on lists to discuss, and uh, Saratoga <laughs> opening day is this Thursday, so plenty to get to. Uh, but first and foremost, the number one topic, and it ha always has been on this show, and it will remain until the basketball season is over. Let's talk about those NBA Finals, and we, we discussed last week how we thought it was going to be a long series. It's looking like we are headed that way. Uh, we both picked the Suns to win the series, however, six or mm -hmm. seven you, I believe you picked actually five, didn't you? Uh, no, no, I, I think I picked. We both picked six. Suns no, we both six. I think we both picked but six. To be fair, that was before we knew about Giannis. So, so we sure we'll we did, yeah, we we did record that episode, and we'll get right to it with that. I guess we recorded last week's episode with Giannis being officially questionable. So we knew he was going to play at some point. Did we know it was going to be game one? No, not at that time. Um, it's a good thing we kind of hedged ourselves a little bit so we didn't look so yeah. bad um, because Giannis has played, obviously, and uh, not only has he played, he's looked good. Um, mm. Giannis is really on point to put together an NBA Finals, uh, a, really a historic performance in any NBA Finals. Um, Giannis became the only player in the last 25 seasons to score 40 points in a Finals game, which was game three without making a field goal outside of five feet. Um, the next uh -huh. closest during that span was LeBron and David yep. Robinson. So Giannis is making his presence felt where we were questioning whether or not he would be able to because of the hyperextended knee. Um, he has been fine. Um, we won't take away 
from the fact that the Suns are up two to one in this series. They didn't look their greatest in game three. Actually, they looked pretty abysmal in game three. Devin Booker even yeah, got benched. Devin Booker, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was bad. Um, so so we're gonna get to that. Um I always say, and this is so cliche, but I've always said this that a series, and this is more of a hockey thing. I'm not so sure it's more of an NBA thing, but I'm going to apply it here. It's not really a series until the home team loses, and we haven't had that yet. The Suns take the two games out in Phoenix. The Bucks have taken the first game uh, <clears throat> since the series has switched to Milwaukee, and tonight is, and you know this show airs on Wednesday. Tonight is game four in Milwaukee. We'll see how the Bucks look. Are the Suns going to rebound from their worst performance of the finals? We don't know. Um, they looked great in game one and game two. Game three, not so much. Yeah. No, uh, I mean, uh, I, that, that I was actually thinking about that, uh, the cliche that you put out. It's not a series until the home team, uh, team loses. And I just kind of thought about how silly it is because you can go to seven games where – the home team never loses just if you know if you protect home court and so i was like well if it goes seven games i think you can call it a series but i digress um yeah no that's not the point taylor (laughs) i know but (laughs) i get what you mean i get get what you mean but um yeah at the beginning of the series when we made our predictions i think yeah you're right we both took suns and six but we said it was going to be a long series regardless of Giannis's health even if it was just the bare bucks without Giannis, they still put up at least a marginal fight. I didn't think that it would be a sweep and I didn't really think it was going to be a gentleman's sweep either. Cause I expected Giannis to come back at some point. The fact that he came back and played in game one, I think was incredibly surprising for me, for everyone. Like, cause that game that he was, he was questionable beforehand. And I was like, ah, I don't think he'll play this game. Maybe, maybe game two, maybe it's trending in the right direction, going from doubtful to questionable on the day of, um, I thought that that was a good sign that he would move on and maybe play in game two or game three if they needed, which I expected them to be down 2-0, which they were. Um, but he played in game one and game one, he was good. He was he was all right. So I I wasn't too worried about him. He didn't look like James Harden coming back from his his uh, hamstring injury. He didn't look hampered too much. And then, you know, I mean, games two and games three, back-to-back 40-point games. I mean, he's not only, like, playing. It's not like, oh, Giannis is playing. Giannis is fine. Like, Giannis is doing spectacular things, historic things, things that haven't been done by anyone but LeBron and Shaq in the last, like, you know, I don't know, 15 years. Well, Giannis now has three 40 and 10 games this postseason, which two of them, like you just said, were games two and game three. The NBA record for the most 40-10 games in a postseason run is five, and that's Kareem in 77 and Shaq did it in 2000. So you're starting to get into that territory if Giannis can continue uh, the, the stretch. And we we said it all along, and it's no secret that the Bucks' chances of winning a championship lied on the health. I said this series will be dictated by the health of Giannis Antetokounmpo. And mm-hmm. if Giannis can prove that he's healthy – and manage the pain of that knee. And really what it comes down to when you hyperextend a knee, it's it's more the pain management. It's can he damage it further? And if the risk is not there for him to damage it further and it's a pain tolerance thing, 
you're going to have a hard time keeping Giannis off the court in the NBA finals. He is one of the best players in the NBA. He is a reigning NBA MVP. He is one of the most dominating inside perimeter players mm-hmm. of not only this generation, but of all time. He is a absolute mm-hmm. freak. So I don't call him the Greek freak for nothing. Exactly. So when, when you're looking at what Giannis is doing, and it's truly historic. The fact of the matter is it's still two to one Phoenix, right? And, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Phoenix kind of got away from what they were doing so well in game three. Um, the corner threes disappeared, first of all, in, in, in game three. And that's something that they were really good at in the first two games. They really didn't look themselves offensively at all in, in game three. Um, they scored 97.6 points per 100 possessions in the half court, and that's down from 108 in game two and 112 in game one. Their assist rate plummeted from 65% to 52%. Mm. And the most striking difference, honestly, to me, like I said, was the corner threes. Phoenix went 10 for 17 in games two, went nine for 13 in game one. Oh, for three in game three. They just didn't take them. So, so this is Phoenix got away from what they did so well. And it's going to be interesting to see tonight and moving forward with the healthy Giannis. Are they going to be able to continue living from the three? Because they don't have, they don't get boards. DeAndre Ayton did have a Phoenix had 11 in game two. But generally speaking, this is not a team that gets boards. And this is a team in Milwaukee, that that's all they do. They have mm-hmm. to stretch the floor. They have to hit their threes because they don't have that. I, you can't ask Jay Crowder to do much in the paint. Aiton can only do so much. Devin Booker needs to show up. And do I expect mm-hmm. him to? Absolutely. He's been unbelievable all postseason. But you can't ask CP3 to do everything, especially at this stage of his career. So with that being said, I still feel confident in my Phoenix pick. However, with the way Giannis is playing, which is at a historic level, like I said, it's tough for me to say that it's only going to be six. I think this could be a seven-game series. Yeah, it, it's. It, I think it's trending that way. I think that's the way it feels. If you're just the feeling of the game, especially because you know the the two wins were nice uh, for Phoenix getting those two wins, but they all they did was they served at home, like they they protected home court. That's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to win those two games on at home, and then Giannis and the Bucks are supposed to win these two games on the road. And then it gets interesting on a pivotal game five because you know what the stat is like 70% or 80% even the teams that win game five usually win the series. So that's where it starts getting super interesting. Um, you hope, I mean, I hope because I'm just hoping for a seven game series that the Bucks win um, tonight, tonight when it comes out, when you're listening to this listeners, it will be tonight um, that they will come out and win. And then we have that best of three, five, six, seven uh, to go on. But you got to wonder if a lot of it is just coming down to home court, especially I think it's obvious that like Middleton and Drew Holiday, they play better at home than they do on the road, like marginally better. Like Giannis, it doesn't matter because we saw Giannis in game two put up 40 points in a loss because it doesn't matter because he's a superstar. It doesn't matter if he's home or away. He'll do what he does. Um, 
and then like Booker even is getting, I think, affected by the home court. Um, because I Pfizer Forum is is got a pretty pretty good home court vibe going. Like, I don't know, they're really like stepping their players up because I mean, like Middleton is I don't have the stats pulled up, but I've seen it on Twitter where it's he's just ridiculous on the at home compared to on the road. He's like average at best. But on at home, he's averaging like like 26 points or something like that and for booker to only have 10 points that was just surprising to say the least and 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 so so really as there it is there's otis um (laughs) i i think after three games okay otis that's enough thank you yes i understand um i I think after three games it's kind of clear what milwaukee has to do and that's beat Phoenix up, win the possession game, and dominate from the free throw line. The Bucks scored 54 points in the paint and generally overpowered Phoenix. And Phoenix can shoot all these threes all they want. But when you have Giannis, Middleton, Torrey Craig bruising up DeAndre Ayton, you take DeAndre Ayton and put him into foul trouble. And what else does Phoenix have? You know what I mean? So this is a this is a team that um, you know, when Crowder and Tory Craig are your most imposing players, I should say on the floor, that's not mm-hmm. a recipe for success when you have a team that's probably the most physical. I mean, you can throw out another team if I'm wrong, but probably the most physical team in the entire NBA in Milwaukee, both offensively and defensively. They're one of the most aggressive attacking teams in all of basketball. It's just a bad matchup for the Suns, and that's what I was concerned about. If Giannis was proven to be able to play close to 100%, and nobody's 100% at this point in the year, and you're clearly not coming off a hyperextended knee, but Mm -hmm. if you're able to provide that type of performance and and allow the supporting cast to pick up the pieces where they fall, this is a Bucs team that has all the momentum, and it'll be interesting to see how Phoenix answers come, Mm -hmm. come tonight. Yeah, and um, it's it's obvious, like you said, that the, the Bucks are the the bigger, more uh, bruising team. I would say, and they've won every single rebound battle so far this series. Every That's single not one, a surprise. Yeah, every single one. The Bucks are are winning the rebounding battle, not by a whole lot sometimes, but like the other night, it was the game three. It was by like eleven, and it's like it, it they, those add up. And if Giannis keeps doing what he's doing, which is I don't know if he did this as much when he was like against like the nets, where we thought that he would kind of dominate um, in the paint. And he kind of didn't for a couple of games where we thought that they might lose to the nets, especially when they were down. Oh, two and the nets look great. And granted they had injuries, but those injuries weren't to the, who was defending Giannis. But in this series, it's just like, he's realized that like no one can stop him. Like Aiden can't, and he's the biggest guy, their strongest guy. No one can stop him. And so he's just getting downhill, getting to the rim, and that's the recipe for them. And then from there, it's just like, can Middleton and Drew Holiday hit their shots? Can they play good defense? Can they contest shots on Devin Booker? Can they force him out of his comfort zone? Which is, again, also what they were doing last night because 10 points is more than just like a cold game. That's like a that's a bad game from Booker. So I think it was a combination of being on the road and they were playing good, suffocating, contest everything, put a hand up defense, and it was working. So, and and I didn't want to tackle too much on 
you know, the, the NBA outside of the NBA finals, but it's kind of hard to ignore at this point as I'm, you know, as it's developing and as we're, we're on air and I'm sure you've monitored this as well. Um, it, it's becoming apparent that the Sixers have opened up and this is per Shams, per Woj, per Mark Stein. I mean, this is getting a lot of traction throughout the day. Um, the Sixers are open to trading. Ben Simmons would like an all-star caliber player in return, obviously. Um, and not appar- like a Ferrari, but here we are. Uh, app- Shut up. <laughs> I, hate you. I really do. I, I do. I, I don't know why I ask you to join join the show every single week. I don't, I don't know why I pick up my co-host. Um, but no. So, so. With that being said, there is still, according to Shams, plenty of interest throughout the league. Um, And Mark Stein listed the teams that are lining up for Ben Simmons if he does indeed become available via Daryl Morey. Um, the, The list as of now is Cleveland, Indiana, Minnesota, Toronto, and Sacramento. Those are the teams that are hot. Now this is, this is where I'm going with this. So, Keep an eye on Minnesota because Minnesota has the assets that a team like Portland would want. And we talked about how this would likely have to be somehow, some way, a three-team deal with Ben Simmons on the go. If you're trying to get Dame, yeah. And if you're trying to get a Damian Lillard, that's the team to keep an eye on. If if there's going to be a deal to be made, I, I would see Ben Simmons going to Minnesota. And, uh, oh, we have a special guest, actually. As, oh, it's the big guy. Look, look at this. Look at this. Hey. Tani's a bum. You hear me? That overrated <laughs> bum. Here, put on the headphones. Put on the headphones. Yeah, what's up, guys? I go control my show. Otani. More like strike out a latte, am I right? What a bum. <laughs> that circus uh, freak. I've invaded uh, the sport of the A through Z podcast. Here I am. <laughs> and Otis. And Otis is here. Dog. Yeah, you know, it's a party. Oh. It's a party in the in the Bryce apartment. I'm going to go take a poop in your bathroom, Bryce. <laughs> here. Oh. I got Corona, I got oh. Truly, I got Bud Light, got Budweiser. It's a party. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. As Gaz has to do trivia tonight at Dog House. Proud sponsor of <laughs> Poor, <media>. Poor guy. <laughs> Otis is not too happy about it. No, Otis is not though. There's a lot going on right now. That a lot a lot happens when I talk about Ben Simmons. It's always Ben Simmons. Have fun. See you guys. <laughs> no surprise guest appearance, a little cameo right there. Yeah, guys with the little cameo. My dog losing his ever loving mind. Well, that, that's well. That's I, no, I know my no security surprise. system works. <laughs> that's for that's for damn sure. But back to what I was saying about Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. Um, we we talked about how it would be trade, necessary yeah. for a three team trade. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna let him deal go. With. I'm just gonna let him go. I'm just gonna you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let it happen. Just gonna let it happen. All right. All right. Enough. 
this episode's going off the rails real quick. Um, no, three-team trade, right? So Minnesota yeah, has yeah, a bunch oh, of draft yeah. picks. You don't know if they're going to be sending Carl Anthony Towns, and that's a team. Hey, maybe maybe Portland is open to bringing in. I don't know. But if a team like – and, and, and reports have come out that Daryl Morey is interested in Lillard but not McCollum, and he will not give up Ben Simmons in a deal just to receive McCollum. He is star hunting, and he wants an all-star caliber player like Damian Lillard. So I, I and I and I think that would be the perfect match. I mean, look, we've talked about it plenty of times on this show. Um, that I think it would be the perfect match in heaven to surround Joel Embiid. And I think it's it's time for everyone involved. Um, I mean, you have those Ben Simmons truthers out there still. I am no longer one of them. Good, but yeah. hop off of that that bandwagon. But it's it's interesting to see that's developing. It's it's been coming across the feed now for the past couple of minutes. I thought I'd address it. Um, it it's you know, Bryce. I'm I'm very glad that you you brought up Ben Simmons um, because I wanted to ask you. Um, did you watch the ESPYS the other night? I did. I laughed. Did you uh, Did you see that uh, one joke? Of course, that was absolutely hilarious. I, I mean, it didn't go, you know, viral or anything, but um, no, yeah, no, well, it was. I, I yes. thoroughly enjoyed it, and I thought that it was brilliant. If done. if 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 and if anybody has no idea what we're talking about, because <laughs> nobody watches the ESPYS, because the ESPYS are <laughs> you're right, you're right. I didn't watch tra- it; I just saw it. Are travesty. Um, and I have better things to do on my Saturday evenings. I don't even know if it was Saturday night. I just didn't watch it. Um. Pretty much anything ESPN does is a travesty at this point, but I digress. Um, yeah, it, I, I believe uh, Andrew Bogut tweeted um, the fact that the that the ESPYS still exist is a travesty to mankind or something like that. It, it was just really funny, <laughs> but no, it. I, I saw the tweet. Ben Simmons is now a punchline all across sports, and and I get it, and I'm over it. I'm really over it, and I'm just ready to move on. <laughs> I'm not over it. <laughs> I'm, I'm here. I'm for not. It. I'm not. I'm not over seeing the Bucks play the Suns in the NBA Finals. This was the sixth <laughs> year. I know it, and it just hurts. It's for just anyone for, a long, for anyone long who time. didn't watch CSBs and is not in Twitter. Ba- basically, the joke was that Ben Simmons is doing some great humanitarian work, and he's building houses out in wherever impoverished neighborhoods with all the bricks that he's laying with these shots in the playoffs. And then they yeah. showed a little clip and then they brought the two kids out and then I'm go, thanks Ben Simmons. It was so funny. Are yeah, I'm done, done now. Yeah, I'm done, done now. Yeah, you brought up Ben back. Simmons. I did not. I just had to throw that in there. <laughs> I brought Ben Simmons up because it was a prevalent topic for our prevalent podcast. People are laughing right now. That is prevalent. <laughs> We're laughing with you, not at you. Okay, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's fantastic. Uh, just, no, just but keep... all right, all right. Seriously, can we move seriously, on? Seriously, yes. If if that were to happen, that would be better for everyone, I think, because I think, as I mentioned before, Ben Simmons ben going Simmons. to Portland makes no sense to me. But if they want him in Minnesota, Min- that's Minnesota. a little different. I don't know if they'd pair him with Cat or I if they try to build around Ben. I'm not I think really they would sure. Have to build around Ben. I mean, I think Cat's better than Ben, obviously, but I don't know, because, like, 
I think they would, the Sixers might have to throw something in, which I think they should to get Dame. If Dame's on the table, oh, you yeah. throw whatever you're, you're, you want. You're, you're going to see Tyrese Maxey involved yeah. in a deal. Yeah. You're going to see Matisse like Tybal. That, that might move the needle to get Cat, maybe, but I don't think you can pair him with Cat with him because it's basically like pairing three, him with Joel Embiid. Three like, team uh, deals are very complicated to pull off. Uh, and it, For sure. In the NBA, you see it more often than any other league. However, it's going to be interesting to see. I don't think that you can oh. simply trade Ben Simmons for something without without a third team involved just to make It'll the money work. It'll be a four-team trade, and Oklahoma City will be in there just to get more picks because that's what they do best. Yeah. That, they I mean, literally, they're like in like these three-team trades where it's just like this team, this team, and then Oklahoma City is in there getting more draft picks. Yeah, I, it, I'm interested to see how that works out for them in the next like 10 years. Cause they have, they like, have, they have like, like protected picks. lottery picks for the next 13 years. It's, yeah, it's ridiculous. Insane. So if, if they blow all of them, that'll just be something to behold. Well, the Sixers managed to do it. So <laughs> exactly. Another I mean, Presti has drafted three MVPs in the last 20 years, but you know, we hit on we'll MB. Okay. We hit on MB Fultz and Simmons. Not so much, okay. But yeah, you know, we're gonna we're gonna Simmons we're, Simmons will give you a half point for. We're, we're gonna move on. It, it looked good for a while. For, for a while, yeah. Just um, speaking also of Embiid, but or Simmons, but to bring it back to, I thought you said uh, you were done. I'm not talking about him. I'm just saying, bringing it back to the NBA Finals. I wanted to make a point that um, I think it's awesome that Giannis is unafraid to drive to the hoop because we all know his 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 you know his free throw woes are what they are but he is not afraid to do it and, and so sometimes he can have games yes and that's the difference between him and ben Simmons. difference and then they ha- he can have games where the other day i think he was 13 of 17 from the line and it's like there you go like you're gonna have those games where you're 13 to 17 from the line and you're gonna have those games where you're you know 10 of like 20 but you know take them that's the only way to get better is to practice in real games because obviously practicing practice is not working practice well, we're talking about practice not the game practice. but practice um it's clear there's a team that's not doing much of that and that would be <laughs> <laughs> You're damn right. And uh, that would be Team USA uh, getting ready for the Olympics, if you want to call it getting ready. Um, they have been a national embarrassment, a worldwide embarrassment. They are coming off to uh, horrible losses. Um, their first loss against Nigeria, they lost 90 to 87. Uh, and then on Monday, they decided that they weren't going to show up again and lost to Australia 91 to 83. So Team USA is a week and a half, two weeks away from competing in the Tokyo Olympics. If it happens, who knows at this point? But um, <clears throat> this has not been pretty by any stretch of the imagination. Um it is clear that these NBA stars need to adapt to FIBA competition and realize that they are not uh, 
getting officiated by NBA referees because how this team is playing, um, it, it, it's like they expect the calls to go their way. They're not. Uh, I mean, you'll get you know Lillard dropping 22 points. Uh, Durant dropped 17. You had Patty Mills put up 22 for Australia on him the other night, and Joe Ingles looking like, you know, NBA superstar out there dropping 17. Uh, you had four players out of the 10 that saw action for Team USA shoot 50% or higher from the field against Australia. That doesn't have Ben Simmons, by the way. And Nigeria. Probably would have won if they had Ben Simmons. Probably. <laughs> Liability on the offensive end of the floor. Exactly. <laughs> Lillard, Bradley Beal, your boy Bam, and yeah. Keldon Johnson are the only players that shot over 50% from the field. Um, embarrassment was a word. Wake-up call has been another word thrown out there. But this team needs to realize, now more than ever, that premium talent alone is not going to be enough to earn gold this summer. You can't expect the calls just to go your way because you are the, the world's best. And you are. You are the world's best. And at the, the sooner this team realizes it, the quicker they could go back to just dominating everybody. But you have a Slovenian team led by Luka. You have mm -hmm. an Argentinian team that's going to be good, as they always are. Mm -hmm. Australia now has the confidence that they can beat you. Hell, Nigeria has the confidence to beat you <laughs> because they did. How do you look? Nothing against Nigeria. I'm sure there's another are... one of my boys too, Parsis Atua. And I'm sure they are filled with a bunch of full hearted, 110% effort players, giving it their all. But you're the goddamn NBA on the national stage. And you. <laughs> lose 90 to 87 to Nigeria and then follow up with another clunker to Australia. Now, as we're record, as we are recording, they do play Argentina tonight at six. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how uh, this translates into tomorrow. Mm. Um, but Nigeria and Australia have had a few weeks of practice. Team USA is only practiced two and a half days at this point. Mm-hmm. Australia has the nucleus that has played together for several years. Yep. But I don't want to hear that Team USA is still in a feeling out period when it comes to playing with each other um, and that they're still in NBA mode. You're NBA All-Stars. You've played together off the court. You work out together. You all talk between games. You have that chemistry. You're all boys. It's not like the 80s and 90s where everybody hates everybody. You're all boys. You all have your mini banana boat getaways with each other. <laughs> From Tatum to Bradley Beal, I mean, you see them staring down officials if they don't get a call right because they're accustomed to receiving touch fouls. And we talk about this with Trey Young, James Harden, you know, Luca, even though Luca's yep. not on Team USA. But, you know, teams are being aggressive with them defensively. And they're not getting the, you know, touch fouls star treatment that you get in the NBA because FIBA doesn't give a shit. <laughs> They're yeah. talking about, they, they care about fundamental basketball and 
the NBA style ain't going to cut it on this stage. Don't be a worldwide embarrassment and go and like get your act together and win gold medal. All right. I, I mean, it's, they've only played like two games together and it seems like they don't have any type of offense going besides like, just like ISO, like they give it to Dame and they're just like, Dame score, please. It's bad. Yeah. I know. There's just like Dame score, please. We're going to ISO you and just, you know, do your thing maybe hopefully. And that's not really how it, it should work. It should be, you know, it's, it's, it's team basketball. It's not, it's not, uh, every well, man for himself here well the the i don't mean they're it, two it, exhibition games so you, you I, they don't mean they don't mean anything and, yeah. and i'm and, and and this could be another conversation that we have next week like if we all forget about now. this if they go into the tournament and they just correct. destroy everyone correct and win a gold and, and you know they they could be looking at this as i don't care i just played a full nba slate and now i'm playing in the Olympics. I'm not trying to go full out in an exhibition game. If that's the case, fine. But Team USA has lacked any presence defensively as well as offensively. You look at USA basketball teams of the past and they were defensive nightmares. Emphasis centered on aggressive full court pressure, traps, you name it, and it it brought the heat on other teams. Australia shot 53% from the field and outscored Team USA in the paint 44 to 24. That that like that's just not you have Draymond you have Draymond Green and Kevin Durant. How are you getting outscored in the paint 44 to 24? What are you doing? And bam. What are you doing? I don't know. Well, I mean, if you look at the team, it's not uh, who on this team scares you defensively besides maybe Draymond or Bam? I mean, Kevin Durant can maybe Look, sometimes. And, and Popovich, he has length. Popovich has said in all of his press conferences that players are still rounding into shape, so they don't really want to apply their full court pressure and full system of defense yet. But it's still so <laughs> even the embarrassing team you know, the team before the redemption team. So was that 2006? Four. 2004, the team. Okay, 2004 so was the team that got that bronze got, or whatever. That got bronze. So going, even that team handled its business in exhibition. Since 1992, Team USA in friendlies is 54-2. and two. Their two losses have been the last two Lost. games. Yeah. The Americans already accumulated as many losses as they have in 29 years. In yeah. 29 years. That's not just disappointment. That's reason to panic. That's reason to be embarrassed. There are three more exhibitions to play. Like I said, Argentina's Tuesday night, so you'll know the result when this show airs. You have Australia on Friday and then Spain on Sunday in Vegas before they go to Japan. Um, granted, there's three players playing in the NBA Finals that are supposed to be on this roster. Devin Booker, Drew Holiday, and Chris Middleton. So it's embarrassing. You want to panic, but at the same time, help is on the way in Booker and Holiday and Middleton. So it's just tough. <laughs> 
You shouldn't need that help. You have Kevin Durant. You have, you have Ke Kevin Durant, and you have Bradley Beal, and you have Jason Tatum. When the worst player on the court is arguably Draymond Green, if he's playing, or their starters, the worst player is what, Bam or Jason Tatum? Probably Bam. They're different players, but still, like – you shouldn't need those people when the other side is playing with Patty Mills. Patty Mills is your best player, and you can't beat a team that Patty Mills is the best player. You're Kevin Durant. You're supposed to be the best player I, in the world. I just don't want to hear the excuse. And look, but these I've players said it have on, been always soft, so maybe they're just it's an exhibition. We're not trying hard. I, I, I've said it on this show. Like I don't typically care about the Olympics. I'll watch Team USA on the court and if there's a top there's a big topic look there's athletes pulling out left and right and i'm not sure these olympics are going to be watchable to any extent but this team usa basketball team is giving cause for concern and i don't want to hear well we're not acclimated to the new rules well we're not used to this kind of officiating well, once we're equipped with more practice time well once we get the entire roster in place well then we'll be okay you played Nigeria and Australia and lost both of them. Your team USA. You have Kevin Durant, who's arguably one of the most talented players to ever see the court in basketball history. I'll say basketball history because it can't be just the NBA. We're on the world stage. You have Kevin Durant. You have one of the most pure shooters in all of basketball and Bradley Beal. Uh, look, it, it's it's embarrassing. And, you know, the, the world's looking at Team USA, looking their chops like, we want a part of that now. You're opening the door with teams not to be scared of you and believe that they can be aggressive against you. And that's where you can get upset. You might put out your best and a team might just be better that day. Don't give teams a window of believing they can beat you. And that's what Team USA has been so good at for the because past 29 years. Okay, so Nigeria and Australia just beat them with their best players being like maybe uh, arguably precious. Oh, I mean, he played the best, I'd say, for Nigeria. Um, and then Patty Mills. What do you think Luca's doing over there sitting with Slovenia being like, if Patty Mills can beat you, I for damn sure can because I'm one of the best players in the world. And especially on like an, a, a, a Euro type like environment, like a, a, a more of a world stage than just the NBA. We know Luca can do it because he was the MVP of the Euro League and he won a championship. July 25th is when it matters. That's when it starts to matter for Team USA. They play France July 25th at 8 a.m. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then they play Jesus Christ. God help me, Mary and Joseph. They play Iran. If they lose to Iran, July 28th. <laughs> I didn't even know Iran played basketball. Like oh, they do. I, I don't I, count them out. I don't actually know who. And, and then July 31st, their opponents to be determined because they haven't even, that team hasn't even clinched its spot in the Olympics yet. We're a week away from opening ceremony and they haven't clinched a spot. So Team USA, just please, just handle your business and let's not be a global joke again. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah right. it's, it's we already did that. In, we already Honestly. did that in 04, but it is concerning. I'm looking, but... I'm looking back at all the exhibition games from every year, including the world championships. And like Australia has been giving us trouble lately because I think they've gotten better, but not too much trouble because 
you know, like we don't lose every time we play them, but they have beat us before, but it's just most of the years, especially Olympic years, like they handle their business within a margin of victory of like 20 every exhibition game. And so I don't know if it's just apathy from the players, especially ones who are just in the playoffs recently and or what else. And it was a longer, slightly longer season. So maybe that's it. Maybe it's just like, they're trying to, you know, they're not putting it into full gear, but like, the thing is, you don't want to get caught with your pants down when you're not in full gear and you're coming into teams that are and have been and have been playing hard and are ready to go come when it matters. And if we get caught with our pants down, it's only a few losses and then, you know, you make the tournament much less get gold, you know? It's it's concerning and we'll have plenty of time to talk about it. I think we we're going to win our... this game th- tonight. They, right. they can't lose it. There's, there's no way they're not going to go three losses after everyone's been clowning them. If they do, I mean, maybe I'll have to eat my words next week, but if they do, I will be very, very surprised. Like I think at this point today, like they'll just gonna, give the ball to Kevin Durant and be like, Kevin, just score 40 for us, please. I'm not going to say a word. I'm not going <laughs> to do it. I'm going to let you we'll fall on the sword for us. No, I'm doing it. There, there's no way they lose tonight. No way. They're winning against our team. There's no Manu. <laughs> Manu Ginobili, that is true, and no, there's no, are the no the Gasol brothers are Spain, right? Yes, yeah, Spain. So. There is no Manu for Argentina, so can it, please? It, it, I think we found our topic when it comes to the Olympics. Let's just put it that way. Um, yeah. Before we head over to what I want to talk about about the MLB All Star Week, I want to let you know about Mohawk Honda and their special deal right now when it comes to trade ins. Uh, you, you know, you look around and you, you've traded in your vehicle. Now, what every dealer for the most part wants your trade in right now, it's just the times um, that the market is extremely high because of the shortage of inventory in the market, period. So, you trade in your car, bottom line, and get money in your hands. Now, what the most of these dealers don't really have anything for you to buy. But at Mohawk Honda, not only do they give you top dollar for that trade-in, they also have acres and acres of inventory for you to choose from. So they have the largest inventory of vehicles in the capital region, and that means you can really choose the one that's right for you. Um, Some of these dealers like to talk about their values, but at Mohawk Honda, they'd rather show you theirs in the value and selection that they have, and more importantly, the value and how you're treated there at Mohawk Honda. So don't feel pressured into buying something from another dealer because that's the best they can do and you settle and you're not really feeling that great about your purchase. Go to Mohawk Honda and buy the vehicle you deserve. Their vast selection of certified pre-owned vehicles is guaranteed to fit your needs, your lifestyle, and not the other dealer's values that they always harp on. So this summer, selection is king and no one has more to choose from than Mohawk Honda, where of course they always go out of their way to please you. I want to talk about Shohei Otani and he has died and he dominated the all-star week um, festivities. Mm -hmm. The home run derby was a bit of a disappointment, but yet, you know, congratulations to Pete Alonzo, but guess what the talking point is? It's Shohei Otani. Uh, Trey Mancini was a great storyline to see him in the finals. That was awesome to see. Uh, Pete Alonso defended his crown, like I just said. However, 
just the presence of Shohei Otani and just everything, the coverage around him, whether it be batting practice, uh, where he hit a 510 foot bomb. My, I have a buddy that lives out in Denver. He, he works, he worked for the Colorado avalanche and he sells tickets. He went to the home run derby and sat in right field in the nosebleeds. Um, be just, because it got good tickets and, you know, go to the home run derby. You don't get to go to the home run derby every yeah, year. Why not? He yeah. said he watched that ball sail over his head and through the opening of the last row of the seats and where they hold the lights up. <laughs> and it went through and into the parking lot. Shohei Otani is a man amongst boys. Now, Gaz came in here about 15 minutes into our show and <laughs> and ripped Shohei to shreds. Um, but he is... And we can have the discussion. Maybe not today, because there's a couple things I still want to get to. And, you know, we talk about how we want a shorter show, and here we are 45 minutes in already. It's just the weekly thing at this point. It's fine. Um, <laughs> Shohei Otani might be which is kind of ironic. I mean, you could talk about for uh, Fernando Tatis. You could talk about Mike Trout, who is Joey Otani's teammate. You could talk about Vlad Guerrero Jr. You could talk about Bryce Harper. You could talk about Aaron Judge. Joey Otani is becoming the face of baseball. Yeah. I mean, he's the most exciting player, I would argue. I mean, Fernando Tatis is is up there, I'd say, in excitement. And like, you know, Aaron Judge, when he's actually hitting the ball, uh, is, is exciting. Mike Trout is not exciting at all, which has always been his the, the big criticism of him is like, he yeah, he's the best player in baseball probably for the last like five years or whatever. But like, he, you don't hear anything about him because he just goes about his business. He puts up great numbers and you don't hear a damn thing about him. And Shohei Otani comes in here doing Babe Ruth things. And I think it just, it captures the imagination of people who like to think that a guy could be this good at at hitting but also be really good at pitching and play both sides of the the ball like that like it just doesn't happen this never happens and never happens to the degree that he's one of the best at both like he's one of the best pitchers and he's one of the best hitters maybe the best hitter right now and it's like it's such a weird combination that doesn't happen ever. I I think what people are really gravitating to Shohei for is the mere fact that he's doing what Babe Ruth did. Mm -hmm. What double duty Radcliffe and bullet Rogan did in the Negro leagues. It's special and not something you, you ever thought you'd see again. And doing it in an era when baseball players are more talented than really they've ever been. I list, I just listed off names off the top of my head because they're the first ones that came to mind. Tatis, Vlad, judge, trout, Harper, Soto. Soto. I I mean, the list goes on and on every team. I had this conversation with one of my, with my buddy last night as we were watching the Derby, every team, has an all-star. They could be one of the worst teams in the entire league. They could be a joke of a franchise. Every team has an all-star to some extent. The Pirates have Cabrian Hayes. The Orioles have Trey Mancini and Cedric Mullins and Ryan Mountcastle now. 
Mm-hmm. Even the Tigers. Jonathan Scope is coming into his own. You have Tariq Skubal and, and Casey Mize coming into their own. You still have Miguel Cabrera. And he's not really an all-star anymore, but you get my point. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you have every team having their star and all these markets gravitating towards their guy because they have a guy, it, it for everybody to tune in to what Otani displayed Monday night it, it is just speaks volumes. He has a skill set that's gravitating, a vibe that's intoxicating, a, a, a storyline that throughout sports, not many people can, I don't know if relate to is the best way to put it, but <laughs> I don't think anyone can relate to what he does, but but that's the point. Uh, the, that that's what I was right. That's the that's the point. Like nobody can relate to it, so everybody's going to focus in on it. Did it's he the win the? Factor. Did he win the home run derby? No, but it didn't matter. He, he was, was in it. He was in it, and the cameras, the lights, everybody. Nobody cared about Juan Soto. Nobody cared. Nobody, and I'm sure I'm sure people cared, but <laughs> to my point, nobody cared if Juan Soto won. They wanted to see Shohei Otani, and that's the point. Yeah, it's it's just like you know basketball. They play they play offense and they play defense, and then you got you know baseball and uh, and obviously hockey. They play both, but um, baseball and uh, football where where they usually usually don't. It's usually like, you know, you have your offense, you have your defense, they're separated. There's no crossover to, so to have a guy that comes in and plays both, it's just, it's, it's a spectacle I'd say. And that's what draws people in and they want to see more of it because they want to see, Oh, can this guy really be one of the best hitters and also be a lights out pitcher most of the time? And yeah, it's, I think he is becoming the, one of the faces of the league, if not the face. And Everyone saw Stephen A's comments. Mm-hmm. And they're disgusting. They're horrible. They're false. They're everything wrong with. And I've never liked Stephen A. I never will. <laughs> and that's, you know, just my opinion. You can turn off this podcast now if you want. I give you permission. But I, I never have respected Stephen A, never respected his opinion, and didn't give a shit what he had to say. And this is another reason why. In a time, especially coming from, you know, where Stephen A comes from, and, and, you know, just everything going on in America, I think he would be one to appreciate what Shohei is doing. America for people of Asian descent is a scary place ever since the pan and even before the pandemic started, but because of where the pandemic originated, because of what is going on now, when so many people have been subjected to violence and mistreatment, Shohei Otani was America's spotlight for all of all-star weekend. He became the first player to start, pitching and in the field (laughs) in an all-star game history. He didn't even win Mm -hmm. the home run derby and was the Mm storyline. 
he, English, Japanese, it didn't matter the language. America gravitated towards him. And, you know, it, it was nothing but amazing. And I hope Stephen A., you know, he issued an apology, whatever. I don't, I'm not buying it. I'm not taking it. You know, you had plenty of time to prepare for that show and prepare what you were going to say. And that's what you said. Mm-hmm. So actions speak louder than words and Shohei's actions and what he did mm-hmm. on baseball's America's pastime biggest stage speaks more than anything Stephen A could ever say. Yeah. And it's just ridiculous that to even suggest that it's a problem that he can't speak English or needs a translator or whatever. And by the way, he does speak English and he did a full speech in 2019 at the award show in English. Look it up. Exactly. So like, I don't even need my athletes to really like talk too much. Like, like what, what do we need it for? Like the after game presser where he's just like, you know, let me throw a cliche or two at you. It's one more game. Let's just win the next one. Blah, 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 blah. Like athletes don't say anything of value usually, unless they're speaking on like social justice issues. And then maybe you want to listen or whatever, but I often read what they say on Twitter or somewhere else anyway, in an article. So, and that's how most people are. A lot of people get their, there like from that standpoint is like i don't need my favorite player to say anything i just want to watch what they do and you don't have to market you can market them without them saying anything like you know who's the face of the nfl right now i i mean maybe tom brady because he just won a uh super bowl or whatever patrick mahomes yeah, Patrick Mahomes, and he sounds like a frog. So what? What are we doing here? Like, I it doesn't matter. Is Patrick Mahomes. I like ketchup on my steak. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was perfect. So yeah, like, so who? No, nobody really cares what they sound like or what they say or if they talk in a different language or whatever. This is America. We're built on, you know, diversity. That's that's the whole point. That's why with the Statue of Liberty's whole thing is we take anyone. Well, anyone can come here, whatever. Just make a life for yourself here. It's America. Home of the free. But yeah, so, it's just ridiculous. And Shoei is awesome, regardless Shoei, of Shoei what language he speaks and, or ever spoke. Even yeah. if he was a mute, he would still be awesome. I've never heard him speak. I've never heard him speak. I don't listen to press conferences, he's angels very, press conferences. He's very soft. Well, well yeah. I, I would mean, think he's. he looks like he'd be very soft. He, he's very soft-spoken. And, you know, I... And that's kind of one of, you know, you don't see that in a lot of stars nowadays. And now I do get it. Some of that is a language barrier and, and, and culture differences and everything. But you still don't see a star like that. I mean, you still see very loud spoken foreign uh, stars be very vocal and have a lot of swag. Shoei just kind of goes about his business, man. I think that's what people it's a it's a fresh look. And I think pe- that's what people like about it. Yeah, exactly. And I like him and I've never heard him speak. And I like him, too, especially he do whatever he wants. Especially after I drafted him in like the twelfth round of my fantasy draft, I really like him. <laughs> I think I had him. I had him like last year when he wasn't quite as as good. This so. is the first year it's all materialized and come together for him. And I, I mean, yeah. this is what people have been hinting at for years, and it finally came together for him. Hopefully, he stays healthy and keeps it going because it has been fun to watch. I hope uh, he has a very long career of doing this. 
NFL list season, Taylor. You know we're right before training camp where we don't have enough to talk about and all these lists of top, you know, quarterbacks, uh, most, uh, you know, playoff teams that aren't going to make the playoffs, who's the most likely to miss this year, uh, top 10 running backs. So we have a couple lists to run through before before we close out the show. And you sent me over the quarterbacks list. We'll go through that real quick. Um because we went through it and, you know, we we brought up Patrick Mahomes, so it's only right. And then there's a top 10 running backs list that I don't believe you pull, you've seen yet, correct? No. Okay. So, not. so we'll do a little game with that. And then um, we also have the playoff teams from last year that are most likely not to make it. So we'll tackle those three. Let's start off with the quarterbacks, though, because um, Taylor is actually the one that sent this over to me and thought we should talk about it. And, and I, it's a better list than last week's list. Yeah, um, slightly. But we only, but we only <laughs> we know have it goes top. out to 10. So <laughs> we, we, it only goes to 10. So, I mean, who knows? But um, Patrick Mahomes is one. Aaron Rodgers yep. is two. Tom Brady mm-hmm. is three. Russell Wilson That's is right. four. Josh Allen is five. Matthew Stafford, six. Mm-hmm. Dak Prescott, seven. Lamar Jackson, eight. Justin Herbert, nine, and Kyler Murray, 10. This is, uh, to, to kind of rewind, Jeremy Fowler pulled a group of more than 50 people around the NFL, players, coaches, execs, scouts, and they were given the task of ranking their top 10 to 15 quarterbacks, and this is the consensus ranking. So this is a from NFL executives, players, coaches, the whole nine yards, people around the game. This is the list that we got. Um Honestly, this is not too surprising to me. The only one that I, personally I'd probably switch is Herbert over Lamar and Dak. Um, I like Herbert as a long-term quarterback. I guess maybe because he's only played one year, that's where they're basing it off of. Yeah. But I'd have Herbert a little higher. I'm surprised that you're so high on Herbert. I love. I mean, I, 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 I like love Herbert. Herbert. I love Herbert. I think yeah, I li- he is a stud. I like him, but I don't. I don't know. I mean, you could probably knock Dak Prescott down a bit, um, and maybe put him over. Bum. <laughs> I'm actually surprised at how high Matt Stafford is. I mean, six is. I think you're going to realize his potential this year because now that he, he's not on Detroit. Now that he's out of Detroit, he's always been a good team, but he's never been a talking point because he's been in Detroit. Um. Matthew Stafford has always been a very good quarterback, has managed to stay healthy outside of last year. But I think now that he's on the Rams, look, I, I think the Rams mean business this year. I wouldn't be surprised if they represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. I'm also kind of surprised. I don't know if it has something to do with the, um, you know, the whole scandal that he's embroiled in right now. But uh, Deshaun Watson, um, I, think I think it's could I crack think the top ten. If if he clears his name, Watson is probably right after Russell and ahead of Allen for me. I, I think I'd still put Allen ahead of him, but definitely uh, ahead of Stafford and Herbert. And stuff. It, it's like, tough to gauge because like building, a, it, it, it's tough to gauge. how. So are we talking about this year in total? Because if we're just talking just, about this year, Rogers and Brady makes sense. But if we're talking about, you know, building a football team around, Russell Wilson, I'd have Watson over. 
um, Wilson. I'd have Watson over Brady. I'd have Watson well, over Rodgers. If we're talking about being a team, I don't think that's where they're going. No, no. I think it's literally like well, right now. Right now, who would you want? Like, who is who is the best? Yeah. I, obviously, I don't think it's a future thing because then, yeah, you you'd bump Brady Josh and Rodgers wouldn't. Yeah, and Josh Allen probably go to the top of the list, and even Russell Wilson would go down because he's getting up there in age. And so we're gonna approach. And Herbert we're gonna approach Herbert. these lists as present. So there's yeah. not much we talked about. We gave a lot of our thoughts on the quarterback position last <clears throat> week, so I want to go to the running back position, and I kind of want to play a little game with you because you haven't seen this list. Mm-hmm. I'll go one through ten. Who do you think's number one? I, I think this is pretty obvious, but who do you think's number one? Well, it's pretty obvious. About... Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Derrick Henry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I, I mean, it's tough. It's tough to go against a member of the 2000 yard club and yeah, just yeah. what he does for the entire Titans offense. And, I, you know, I thought it wasn't sustainable and, you know, at age 27, he's only getting better. So mm-hmm. I, I think you have to put Henry up there. This Makes is sense. where, this is where it gets interesting for me because I, if I'm building and I guess maybe health has some things to do with it, but I don't think you're going to guess number two, but you can go for it. Christian McCaffrey. No. Uh, Dalvin cook. No. Saquon Barkley? Nope. Tell me when uh, you want to stop. Alvin Kamara. 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 And look, I love Kamara, and I think he's very good. But I would have. Um, I think health must have something to do with. I don't know. I I'd pick Christian McCaffrey. That's why I said him first. Because if it were my list, McCaffrey would be second. Last year, Although McCaffrey in fantasy, but he. Yeah, well, fantasy and reality are two different things. But it's um, just injuries. Really, Camara well, has get- been has been filthy. I, I mean, I will go through the rest of the list before I give my my thoughts on it. Number three, uh, McCaffrey. Like no. he's got to be up there somewhere. Really, no. uh, Dalvin Cook. Yes. So okay, Cook is three. I like Cook a lot. Number four. Uh, you're not gonna guess this. Number four. Uh. So it's not McCaffrey. It's not McCaffrey. <laughs> um, Nick Chubb. Wow. Look at you. Hey, Look hey. at you. Well, you thought about guys you haven't guessed yet. I kind of. Yeah, I you. mean, I threw you a little. It's going to get harder the farther down we go. But like he's number one of the five. Best, so I guess he's up there. McCaffrey. McCaffrey. <laughs> okay. Thank McCaffrey. you. Jesus. <laughs> We're going to get there somewhere. Number six, which. Uh, Barkley. Yeah, Saquon's six. Okay, seven yeah, up there. Um, um, d- d- Josh Jacobs. <laughs> um, 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 Aaron Jones. Mm-mm. Uh, you're missing a pretty obvious one. Am I? Yeah. Um, oh, Zeke. Yeah, Zeke at okay. seven. Okay. Now number eight. Okay. Uh, that is it. One of the ones I just named. Could be. <laughs> Goddamn, Aaron Jones. <laughs> yes, nine. Okay. Ah, um, what was the other one I didn't say? I said earlier. Um, uh, that uh, Jess Jacobs. Close, but no. 
close. <laughs> How's that close? Um, I'll give it to J- Jacobs is 10. So, okay. Nine. Uh, Carson. No, Carson. no, no. I don't know. Uh, I give up. Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon. Oh, yeah. No, so I would have never one, gotten that one. So one through 10 is uh, Henry, Camara, Cook, Chubb, McCaffrey, Barkley, Zeke, Jones, Mixon, Jacobs, Jonathan Taylor, Miles Sanders. Yeah. I, first of all, <laughs> I would take Miles Sanders and Jonathan Taylor over Jacobs. I'm not a big believer in Mixon, even though he's been consistent. I think I would still take Taylor and Sanders yeah. over both. Well, see, for Jonathan Taylor, I think um, I think after One this year, year yeah, his possibly. yeah after this year, his stock um, will rise tremendously. I, I have issue, and I think injuries have something to do with it. But McCaffrey and Saquon, in my opinion, oh, sure. are two and three. Yeah, I, uh, I, I could get with that behind that. I mean, I, definitely McCaffrey. I think injuries really plagued this season last year, and I think he's definitely I think, number two. I think, I think Derrick Henry is just something you can't ignore putting him at one, but I think mm-hmm. Saquon, I, I'm a little biased. I think when healthy, Saquon is number two, and then McCaffrey is three. And then I would go Kamara, Cook, Chubb. Well, see even in my opinion i mean as a pure running back yeah derrick henry definitely but like in terms of running and receiving i can make an argument for christian mccaffrey at one honestly like at at his most healthy he is the most versatile and utility like player like i think that we have you can put him at you could put him at wide receiver if you wanted to like a, a little slot guy you can move him outside you can have him be the running back coming out of the backfield. You can have him take it up the middle. You can have him run around the side. And the way that they use him is just that he's a gadget guy who can just do everything. And he does it so well that I can argue for him on that side. Because, you know, Henry as a, as a receiver, there's much to be left to be desired. But if we're talking just pure running, obviously, like Jimmy Derrick Henry, you got to do it. So I thought. So I thought that list was interesting. I, and Fowler is doing this throughout the next couple weeks with every position. So and there's a so bunch. We out. talk about this every so, single week until training camp comes around. And we have football to talk about. You betcha. Uh, one more list, and I know I'm going to get Taylor all riled up on this one. Mm. Mm. There's a list, a full, a, a fan poll that came out, and. Uh, it's teams that made the playoffs in 2020, but will most likely miss them in 2021. And it's one through 10 or one through eight. I'm sorry for, with one being the most likely to miss with eight being, you know, as it goes down, less likely, less people voted on them. Uh-huh. Bears are number one, which I, I get because kind of they shouldn't get, have yeah. made the, they shouldn't have made the playoffs last year and new quarterback. You never know how that's going to go. You don't know how the whole quarterback situation is going to go with fields. The Washington football team at two shouldn't have won, you know, shouldn't have won the division last year, but they did. And uh, they don't have a, they have Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback. I think the NFC East is going to be better. It can't be worse than last year. And I don't (laughs) think Washington got better. I, I just don't know how they got better. I, Ryan Fitzpatrick is what he is. They're they're gonna be you know middle of the pack. So I agree with that. (laughs) 
I'm going to, I'm just going to let Taylor run away with this one. Number three of the teams that made the playoffs in 2020, but is most likely to miss them in 2021 is the Carson Wentz led Indianapolis Colts. All right. You said this was a fan vote and I'm just going to go ahead and say that the fans don't know anything like they're dumb as rocks. I'm dumb as rocks. I'm one of those fans. And I'll go ahead and say that I think anyone who voted for the Indianapolis Colts most third, most likely to not make the playoffs is an absolute fool. And I think that is entirely because they do not believe in Carson Wentz, which obviously we both do. And we think it's absurd. Yeah, you don't need to hear me defending Carson a, Wentz anymore you know, that I already getting, have. Getting a new system, a totally new system, new environment, new coach, new players, new staff is not going to help Carson Wentz get back to not even, he doesn't even have to be, Amazing. He doesn't have to be an MVP for us to make the freaking playoffs. All he well, has to that, do is be just, a little above average. And, and that's which he just, was terrible last year. And that's just it. Like the Colts, in my opinion, not only are the favorite in that division, but you have expanded playoffs in the AFC after like the top six is pretty weak. Like the AFC yeah. is a bunch of weak teams. That's it. So it's going to be wide open. I don't see how the Colts miss the playoffs and how they're the third most likely team from last year's playoff poll to miss the playoffs because uh, you're getting an MVP caliber quarterback when he's right in Carson Wentz. The Colts have managed to do it before with Jacoby Brissett and Phillip Rivers, so I'm not exactly worried about Carson Wentz. Um, They have one of the top defenses in the league. Top 10 for sure. They have the best offensive line in football. Agreed. Now are some of the offensive weapons a little suspect? Sure, but, but you Wentz have the running game worse. He, he, he and as we've talked about on the show before, Carson has led a bunch of practice squad players to a division title. So back under Frank Reich, who was one of the masterminds behind his MVP caliber season before he blew out his knee, uh, I just I, I I was baffled. When I the saw running the game, the running game is going to be one of the best because we both believe in Jonathan Taylor. Plus, we didn't get rid of Marlon Mack. We still have him and, and Neiman Hines. So it's going to be like a three-headed monster in the backfield behind one of the best, if not the best, offensive line, especially in the run game. Like they're they're so-so at uh, pass protection. They're good for sure, but they're not like the best pass protecting team in the league. But they are an amazing run blocking team. And the only hole that we ever had was the left tackle because Costanza retired, but we replaced it with Eric Fisher, who I believe is going to be fine. I mean, he he's coming back from injury, but as long as he can be marginally good, especially because he plays on the side that, you know, Quentin Nelson can slide over to if he needs to, or be at and help him out. And so, you know, there's no, there, there's no big turmoil in this team besides losing Philip Rivers, in getting Carson Wentz, which I would argue is an upgrade because Philip Rivers was old. He retired and getting Carson Wentz who can move, who can throw on the run. Who's a great teammate. I mean, you know, aside Not from last year, don't ask the Philadelphia media. <laughs> yeah, I know. But la- aside from last year, I don't see why Carson Wentz can't have at least a good enough season to make the playoffs. No, and that, it's not even like our division is that tough. I mean, we no, have you have Jacksonville and Houston, and... who are two of the arguably worst teams exactly. in all of football. It's awesome. And you have Tennessee. Tennessee. You have Tennessee, who I have reservations about. Look, you can add all the wide receivers you want, but you still have Tannehill at quarterback and Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. As much as we just talked about how good he is, is another year older, and he's a running back. 
So we'll listen, see. We and the defense isn't that good. We don't even have to technically beat the Titans if we just beat up on the other teams and win out or win against the uh, everyone go else. So it's it, like, go four and two in the division. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. Tennessee, will, Tennessee would likely go six and zero oh in the division, but yeah, yeah, but but <laughs> but. All, 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 but like going back to what you were saying too is like there's gonna be you know wild card spots to be had, and yeah. so it's like it. I don't see how they could if they didn't make the playoffs, it would be a colossal failure, a colossal failure. Yeah. Like, then, well, if the epic, Colts typically bad failure. If if the Colts miss the playoffs, it's either because a Carson Wentz got hurt. Or B, Carson, the, the season, like I said about the Eagles, you know, Jalen Hurts, if Jalen Hurts materializes, the Eagles could surprise a lot of people and win that division. If Carson Wentz is more, and I doubt this is going to be the case, but if Carson Wentz is more of a 2020 version of himself than a 2016 to 2019 version of himself, yeah, the Colts are going to struggle and they're probably going to miss the playoffs. And you're talking about, you know, finding someone else. I, I mean, yeah, you're, you took on Carson's contract, but you're talking about who's going to be next at quarterback for the Colts. But that's not a discussion I expect to have. I And I yeah. say that saying that I never expected to see Carson Wentz wear a jersey other than midnight green. But <clears throat> here we are. Um, I want to get through the rest of this list because yeah. why this list is so asinine to me, starting with the Colts at number three with most likely to miss the playoffs after making in 2020 the saints who don't even like, you're going to have Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill as your quarterbacks. You didn't get better um, yeah. anywhere else. Positionally, you kind of sta- stayed status quo. No, this one makes sense, but kind of, but, but I, I would put them ahead of the Colts. Look, you're in a really tough oh, yeah, division. Sure. You're in a really tough division. Some people really like Carolina's potential this year too. With and if Sam Darnold materializes, um, Atlanta's going to be a dumpster fire. But they still have talent, so you never know. Uh, the Saints, I believe, should be higher than the Colts. And then you have three straight AFC. It's almost like the fans think the Bengals are going to win the division because five, six, seven yeah. is Pittsburgh, <laughs> Cleveland, and Baltimore. Uh. I, look, Pittsburgh, I don't think is going to be very good. I yeah, don't think I, Pittsburgh I makes the playoffs. Pittsburgh. I don't I think, think Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh makes the playoffs. List. Yep. However, and I'm a believer in proof to me it wasn't a fluke with Cleveland, but I think because of the AFC being what it is, I don't see Cleveland missing it. And Baltimore got better. Lamar's a good regular season quarterback. They'll make the playoffs. Will they have success in the playoffs? No, but Baltimore will make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean Cleveland is too. Like Cleveland and Baltimore are probably both making the playoffs, especially because Cleveland is arguably one of the best teams in the AFC, and so they haven't are, really changed. So anything. two of the wild card teams, and probably is uh, either Tennessee or Indianapolis, and either mm-hmm. Cleveland or Baltimore. In yeah. my opinion, I agree with that. They, those are. Yes, those are going to be the I don't think, most competitive I, races for the divisions, and if, whoever doesn't win is going to be in the wild card. Because I'm not looking at the AFC East and thinking a team's hitting the wild card out of that division, maybe because of the third spot now. but Possibly. I mean, it depends on you know how Miami plays with 
Tua and whatnot, but it's not I mean, going to be the possible. Jets. It's not no, going to be New I England. Don't, I don't think. I mean, it could be New England, but I mean, um, the rumor has it that Cam Newton is like all better now, but we'll see. Yeah, now that they drafted a guy, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then number eight is Seattle. Um, I get it, but in my opinion, that's based off of you know the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo finds like the second coming of, of himself and leads the Niners to a division title because Trey Lance, even though I like Trey Lance long-term, you're not asking a rookie quarterback to take that Niners team and win that division with Seattle in it. Yeah. I don't believe in Arizona. I don't believe in Kyler Murray as a very good NFL court. He's a great fantasy quarterback, but an NFL quarterback, I'm not, I'm not on the Kyler train at all. I'm not um, on. And I, I just don't think that just, I just don't think what Arizona is doing. I like Hopkins, I, but I just don't think as a whole, what Arizona is doing is going to result in anything substantial outside of maybe a wild card spot. But even then I think that's being generous considering how deep the NFC is this year. Um, yeah. And, you have the Rams, so mm-hmm. I think the Rams are going to win that division. Um, but the Seahawks are going to be good with three wild card spots. I mean, you, you try to break down the NFC, and I guess I understand out of the teams that made the playoffs last year. I guess that's where Seattle comes in. I guess you have to keep that mindset that they're picking from teams that made the playoffs last year and Seattle is on there. So they're kind of creeping yep. into that territory, but I'd be hard pressed to believe that they're not one of the wild card teams. I'm not thinking any wild card teams are coming out of the NFC East. I think you're just going to have the division winner. Mm-hmm. Um, Minnesota. I, I, I don't think Minnesota's better than Seattle. Chicago sure isn't Detroit sure isn't. So that leaves green bay if aaron Rod- and, and if aaron Rodgers doesn't play which is still another question mark they're not even better so yep. someone has to win that mc north so you might see you know maybe you do see two or three afc or nfc north or west teams jesus make the playoffs <laughs> yeah i i mean i could definitely i if if Matthew Stafford is as good as the last list we did, and he's really the sixth. The Rams are for real. The Rams are then, for real. Then, then the Rams are going to make it. I think that you know the um, the Niners are going to be much better than they were because you got to remember, like everyone forgets that the reason that they fell off a lot is because of all the injuries that they had to their defensive line, Nick Bosa. And um, someone else, the other guy in the line, I forget. Uh, but like the their defense was gutted in like the first couple weeks with like ACL injuries and whatnot. So they're going to come back hopefully and be healthy and be ready. And they're not handing the reins like you said. You're not handing the reins straight off to a rookie quarterback. They're giving it to Jimmy Garoppolo, the guy who I don't know made a Super Bowl like two years ago. So like yeah, it, th- this team is most certainly ready to be in the playoffs. And I think that they'll get back there, but I think Seattle could still compete for one of those wildcard spots. And for us, maybe your quarterback, you're competing for the playoffs. Exactly. And maybe they're giving it to, because you know, Seattle's has its ups and downs where the defense hasn't been good some years. But that's and just, just, been but that's just it. like we say that every year and Seattle finds themselves in the playoffs. They don't miss the playoffs because Russell Wilson is so good. And he's still there, so 
And Pete Carroll does a heck of a job maximizing what he has out of his players. Like you may not like Pete Carroll and I'm not Pete Carroll's biggest fan, but bottom line is he gets the most out of his players. But then I I don't know else. I guess I don't know who you would put because like you said, it is picking from teams that made the playoffs last year. And unless you're going to go ahead and say like Tampa is somehow not going to make the playoffs after winning the Super Bowl, which I'm sure could happen. Maybe we're Tom Brady do, hits the wall. I mean, we're going to do predictions as the season gets closer, so I'm not going to you know, give away all my thoughts. But if you're looking at it, you have four division winners, and then you're looking at the three wildcard spots. Uh, I just rattled off my thoughts on the NFC North. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. So let me put it this way: Aaron Rodgers' status weighs heavily on a lot of this. Oh, true. I mean, I guess um, if he doesn't play, then Green Bay is definitely out. Right. For sure. There's an NFC East team that could surprise. I mean, look, Dallas could. I like Washington. Say Dallas. Dallas is Dallas. Say Dallas wins the division, but all of a sudden Jalen Hurts finds the second coming. The <laughs> Eagles are no, but the Eagles could find themselves there. Very, very talented team if Jalen Hurts can find find a way to you know, right the ship. And then the giants, they, you know, you have some nice things, but as long as Daniel Jones is your quarterback, I'm not taking you anywhere. Um, and Dallas has the talent. They just don't have a deal. It's the NFC's a jumbled mess. Yeah. Um, so we'll get to that in a whole other episode as football season gets closer. We're going to break that all down. We're going to have a whole episode based on predictions and walkthroughs yeah. and, and all that. So I'm not, I mean, we're at a minute, uh, an hour 20 now. And we're at an hour we're 20 the people so, what they want for an hour and 20 minutes. So, you know, God bless you. If you're with us this long, um, quick little shout out. Saratoga opening day is this Thursday. I will find myself at the track Taylor. I know you will be working. I might see guys there. I'm not sure. Um, One can only hope, but I, I will definitely be there and I'm very excited to get back to the track and win some money and, and just be there. That's it's the reason why you're in the capital region. Uh, during the summertime is for track season and just spend the days up at the spa. I got my season pass uh, free admission on opening day, which is Thursday, July 15th. If you are vaccinated, all you have to do is show your um, New York Excelsior pass or proof that you are vaccinated and you get in admission for free, which is really cool. Outside of that, um, <clears throat> it's only opening day. Um, 40 days full of racing Monday and Tuesday are the dark days. So really exciting stuff. And, um, especially with track season coming around, you want to look good, right? You want to, you want that fresh haircut, go check out our boy, Jeremiah up at saving face barbershop. He's off exit 13 N in Saratoga. Well, depending on which way you come 13 N 13 S you could get 13, there. You, you can, you could get there. You, you can, can even get off of 12 and you can find it. Yeah. So he, he is off, off the North way there up in Saratoga Springs, a great atmosphere there. He, he, he has a bunch of other guys as well that can, that can give you the style that you want. He's not going to be satisfied until you are. So tell him what you want. He's going to make it work a great, um, just a great hangout scene. You can hang out, watch TV, talk with all the guys. Great to talk to. And uh, just just a really cool atmosphere. And he's doing really well, especially with, um, you know, the pandemic winding down and summer winding up and track season. Everybody coming into Saratoga. Go check out our boy. You can do at home appointments if you want. I don't recommend it. I recommend experiencing the atmosphere he has there. Um, quick, easy. He'll, he'll get you in and out. Um, it's a very relaxing experience, though, as well. So. 
Uh, he has multiple, multiple options. You could do a beer tray. That's that's not for me with my baby face, but he does. You know, he <laughs> he could do your beer. He he does the whole whole nine yards. So, um, definitely go check out Jeremiah up there in Saratoga Springs at Saving Face Barbershop. We are sponsored by them again. Mohawk Honda and Tech East Fire and Water Restoration. Your best Hello, way LeVac. back to normal. Uh, welcome Levac back to the Godzilla media. They had their first show up at the hideaway last weekend. That was really fun to watch. Um, yeah, big round of applause. The boys are back. They're booming. Uh, we got the band back together again. Got the band back together and it feels oh so damn good. Um, yes. Thank you for tuning into our show. Uh, enjoy the NBA Finals. Hopefully we have a little bit of a resolution by the time we, we come back on air next week and possibly might not be over yet. Might, we might be looking into game six, game seven. So if, if the bucks win another one, we'll be talking about it once again, we'll be talking about it either way, but um, hopefully yeah. team USA gets us act together. <laughs> They're um, going to, they're winning tonight. Yes. Uh, well, We'll yesterday. see. I'm, I'm, yes, you're listening. They're, they're, they're going to win yesterday. <laughs> They'll, uh, they will have already won. <laughs> so I'm right. Um, MLB trade deadline is going to be coming fast and furious. So we'll start tackling that with the with the teams who are going to be buyers and sellers. And then, of course, anything NFL and any other big news that comes our way. Thank you for joining us for Taylor Lattimore. I am Bryce Zelinski. We will catch you next week. See you.